Hi everyone and welcome to our service. From my side, I'm so glad you joined us today. Whether you're watching for the first time, whether you are part of the Prodeo family, I am just glad that you decided to start 2020 in such a way. We're starting it with God, we're starting it seeking His will. And 2020 has been an interesting year. Uh, just the other day, I was caught off guard again when our president announced that we're going back to level 3 lockdown. It meant that where we thought we would be restarting in-person services on the 10th of January, suddenly we can't start our services. And that has kind of been the journey of 2020. Who would have thought that we would face in the 21st century a pandemic that basically brought the whole world to a standstill? When we look at a year like 2020, the quarters of God, it's sometimes difficult to plan for a year ahead. 2021 is here. What now? How do I plan? What do I do? And today we're going to do a single topic before we start a new series next week. And I'm going to tell you more about this new series in the service. But today our topic is planning for a new year. Planning for a new year. How do I plan for a year, especially coming out of a year like 2020, that felt like no matter what plans I had, they didn't work out. So what we're going to do today is we'll be reading from James 4. The book of James is close to the end of the New Testament, written by the brother of Jesus. Um, and, and he writes something really special about planning. But it's a piece that don't just give us advice on how to plan, but it, I think it will challenge you a lot on how you plan. So James 4, I'm going to be reading from verse 13 to verse 17. And I love the New Living Translation, the way it translated it. So let's read James 4, verse 13. It says, look here, you who say, today or tomorrow, we are going to a certain town and we'll stay there a year. We will do business there and make a profit. How do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog. It's here a little while and then it's gone. What you ought to say is, if the Lord wants us to, we will live and do this or that. Otherwise, you're boasting about your own pretentious plans and all such boasting is evil. Remember, it is sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. Guys, I love this piece about planning. And if, if this pandemic, this COVID-19 thing has taught us anything, it is that I do not know what's going to be happening in my future. This is what James is trying to tell the church of Jesus. He's telling us that our lives are like fog, like a mist. It's here today. It's gone tomorrow. It's constantly moving. Um, it is not as solid. It is not as in control as we might think, as we might want our lives to be. You see, our lives are constantly changing. And not only that, he makes a point that life is also very short. And we spoke about this, I think it was last week, where we said that if you look at eternity on a long timeline and you make a little dot, that is your life when you compare it to eternity. So our lives are so short. And what James is trying to help us in this piece is saying, considering that our lives are short, Considering that our lives are fluctuating, that we're not 100% in control of this all the time, how do we plan? And he starts out by sharing a plan that a lot of us make. He says like, next year I will live in this town, I will do this and this, I will um, make a profit and then I'll move on. 
Guys, how common is this plan? Just a couple of years ago, we decided to move to Cape Town to start a church. Now in 2021, it feels like we're still busy planting a church because the world has changed so much. So many things have changed. And he's like, this is the plans that is common to most people. But then he starts to criticize these plans, like little by little. He says, like, this is not the way we should do it. And when you read this, it can feel like he's saying, like, we shouldn't plan. Like, we shouldn't be making plans for the new year. Don't make new year's resolutions. Don't plan where you are going. You see, but James is not telling us that we shouldn't be planning. That's not what he's saying. He's, he's not telling us don't plan. Because let's be honest, unless you are someone who likes to lie on a couch the whole day and do nothing and kind of just see what comes your way, and unless you're someone who doesn't care about the future at, at all, humanly, it's natural for us to plan ahead, to look at a year that's behind us and to plan for a new year, to get our plans in order, to figure out how we're going to survive, and what things we should have in place in order to look forward to retirement or in order to plan for the children that we might be expecting. Naturally, as human beings, we are people who like to plan. We are beings that like to plan. So what do we do when he says these are the way, this is the way that people normally plan, but this doesn't work. This is pretentious. It's boasting. It is sin. It doesn't work. How should we then plan? Now, what James is telling us is not that there's a problem with planning. What he's trying to tell us is that there is a problem with how we normally plan. You see, I don't believe that God is against making plans. In fact, the Bible tells us numerous times that we should be planning. Jesus said, you cannot build a tower if you do not um, look at the cost in advance. He tells us to look at ants and at animals that gather during the summer because they're planning for the winter months. So God expects us to plan. God is not against planning. The Bible is full of examples of how we should plan. But the problem is... That we make plans like this example that James is using. That we should, we'll go to the city. That we should, we'll do this and this. And then we will make a profit. And that's kind of like how we will spend our time. And what it is saying is that we make these plans every single day. Especially when it comes to the end of the year. Like, like where we are now. We're actually already in the beginning of a new year. We make these plans. And, and this is the problem. How often do we ask God about our plans? How often do we... Do we bring God into our plans and into our hopes and into our dreams? We assume that God is good with our plans. We assume that he's happy with it and that you will just go along with it. But this is the problem. I want to give you a simple example of what we often do with God. Okay. Imagine you are in a relationship. Yolanda and I have been married for 10 years. We now have a daughter, Abigail. We've got a child on the way. But imagine... I said at the beginning of the year and I plan that we will be moving to a new city in the middle of 2021. In June 2021, I decide that we're going to move to a different city and we won't be pastors. We're going to do a different kind of job. June 21st, 2021 comes around. Yolanda is making breakfast. I walk up to her. I'm like, Yolanda, it's time to move today. We're going to a new city. We're starting a new business. We're not going to be in ministry anymore. We're going to do something else. How will Yolanda react to that? She will probably tell me I'm crazy. She hasn't packed. She's not prepared for it. And she doesn't want to do this. 
Because if I don't include her in my planning, she will be on the outside and I can't expect her to just be okay with it. I can't expect her to just go along with it. I can't expect her blessing to be on my plans and to be on my decisions unless I include her in it. The sad reality is that we do it with God all the time. We make plans and we expect God to tag along. We expect God to be a passenger on my life journey and then to bless my decisions along the way. But here's the question. How can we expect God to bless our plans when they might not even be his plans? If we didn't consult God, if we didn't talk to him, if we didn't consider him, how can we just expect it? You see, the Bible tells us not only should we plan, but the Bible tells us something else as well. And that is for we who follow God, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, then the Bible tells us that God also has a plan for your life. He doesn't just tag along with your plans, but He created you for purpose. He created you for a plan. The Bible tells us that the Bible is a, is a light for our path. God plans good things for us, Jeremiah tells us. So God wants to, not only He doesn't just have a plan for us, but He wants to bless us more than we can bless ourselves. He wants us to grow. He wants us to have an intimate relationship with Him. He wants us to understand the plans that He has for us, the things that He created us for. You see, the question is not whether we should plan for a new year. The question is whether or not we will consult God when we are planning for a new year. How much do you get God involved in your day-to-day, in your week-to-week decisions that you make so constantly. We can make so many plans and you can be so busy making them all the time, especially if you may be feeling frantic after a year that was so out of control. Maybe the year left your plans in ruin. And you can be so fast to make so many plans that you just don't leave room for God in them. That you just expect God to catch up and you hope He will bless you, but you never included Him in in your plans. That is the problem that James has. In verse 16, he tells us that is boasting in your own plans. That's making plans, excluding God, thinking they will work, thinking that you're so great for making them. And he says that is actually sinful, excluding God from your plans. And just relying on yourself, relying on your own plans. He's like, that is not okay. That's actually sinful. So what I want to do today is I want to get practical and say, how can we plan for 2021? How can we plan for this new year in the right way? We should plan, but we shouldn't exclude God from our plan. So how do we plan? In verse 15, James gives us great wisdom with this simple, simple sentence. This is what he says in verse 15. He says, what you ought to do instead of planning, boasting your own plans, just doing that, hoping that God will be a passenger. Instead of that, he says, what you ought to say is this. If the Lord wants us to, we will live and do this or that. So in the old days, um, this, this part that reads, if the Lord wants us to, in the old days, people used to write that at the end of every letter they wrote. Now, my dad was a pastor, so I grew up in a, in a pastor's home. And I remember that my dad, always at the end of every letter, would write the two letters, D, V. And growing up, I never knew what that was when I was little. And as I got older, I asked my dad about DV. What does it mean? And DV 
is two letters that stands for a Latin phrase, Dio Volente. Dio Volente means God, that's Dio Volente, willing. So you know, all those people used to write a letter and they would say like, this is what I'm planning, I love you so much. And at the end of the letter, they would end it off saying, God willing, this will come to pass. God willing, this will be our future. So when James is telling us in verse 15, what we ought to be saying is that if the Lord wants, we will live and do this or that. God willing, we will do this and that. What he is telling us is that three things should happen. These three things I read into this simple um, sentence. The first one, if we want to say God willing, we need to actually know God, right? We can't say God willing this will happen if I do not know what God's will for my life is. So the first thing practically that we need to do is in order to know what God's will is for our lives, we need to consult God. We need to start the year right. We need to start our planning right. But not just going and writing a bunch of stuff down or, or being creative with our thought patterns. But we need to start it right by consulting God. There's no better way to consult God than to spend time with Him. And I said we're starting a new series next week. Next week we're starting a series called Wake Up. And what we want to do is we want to shake our spiritual life that might, might be asleep a little bit. We want to wake it up. And we're going to spend a couple of weeks... In God's word, if you want to join me, we're going to fast for a couple of days or a couple of weeks, depending on how you want to do it. We will give more information on that. We're going to spend time in God's word every day and in prayer. And we're going to wake up our spiritual lives. We're going to consult God. We're going to look at God and say, God, where is my life headed? What's your plan for my life? How can I join into that? We have to build time with God if we want to know God, if we want to know his will for our life. I use the example of moving to a different city without consulting my wife. It can never work. In order for it to be successful, I have to spend time with her. I need to ask her opinion about it. I need to see what her plans for the future might be. We need to talk about it. We need to wrestle it through. And finally, we can get to a place where we can meet and then we can go on this new adventure together. We need to do that with God. So the first thing when he says, God willingly, we will do this. If we want to know God's will, we have to consult Him. So the first thing, 2021, the first thing we need to do is we need to spend time with God. We need to consult God. The second thing we need to do is we need to acknowledge, when we say God willingly, I will do this and this, we need to acknowledge that I do not know what the future will hold and that it's not all in my hands. You see, when we say God willingly, what we are basically saying is this is what I'm thinking right now. This is what I'm planning. This is what I've prayed about. These are the plans I've made. But I don't depend on my plans. I don't depend on what I figured out. I depend on God because God is in charge. See, my life is like mist. It disappears. It changes. We might think we're going to do something, but at the end of the day, things can change in the instant. The president can make an announcement. A new virus can start and suddenly all of my plans are out of the window. So what James is saying is not only should we consult God for his will, but we should live in a humble way where I'm saying I'm not dependent on my plan. I'm dependent on God. So if my plans doesn't work out, if things change, it doesn't freak me out because I'm okay. I'm dependent on God. I, I rely on Him. I trust Him. You see, the one thing we know is that we don't know for sure. 
But the moment when I'm trying to live as if I know for sure, it's not only arrogant, but it will leave me disappointed every single time. So the first thing, see God's will. The second thing is acknowledge that I don't know exactly that I'm dependent on God, not on my plan. And the third thing that we need to do is we need to do what God wants me to do when he tells me to do it. So the third one is an action step. The moment I know I consulted God, then I need to act. He ends these couple of verses with a very interesting verse in verse 17. And he says this in verse 17. Remember, it is sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. Now, this is an interesting verse because when we think about sin, normally we think about things that that clashes with God's word. We think about these commandments that God gave us. Do this, do this, do that. And then we just should do that and we shouldn't do the opposite. That's sin, right? Disobeying God's command. But what he's saying is that sin is more than this. These things that God doesn't even need to list out for us. He says that if we know what God wants us to do and we don't do that, that is sin. Sin is something different than, than just not obeying a command. Sin is also when we don't do what God wants us to do. God shows up. He brings a plan across our path. He reveals something to us. We, we have this feeling inside of us that God is taking us somewhere. And then we need to say yes. Sadly, often when God reveals something to me, it, it's not always comfortable. And then my, my, my response is, no, thank you, God. You keep that plan. I've got my own thing. You keep this plan. It doesn't fit my schedule. It doesn't, doesn't fit my style. It doesn't work out. This is not what I've been planning for myself. So you keep your plan and I'll walk my own journey. You might be here today and you're like, Louis, I will never do that. If God reveals something to me, I will do it. But I want to tell you, I think we do it more often than not. We know something is wrong. Still, we do it. We know we need to do something. We need to speak to this person. We need to do this right thing. We need to spend time with God. We don't do it. That is sin. And we do it every single day. In the Bible, we've got this interesting story of a young ruler that comes to Jesus. And he asks Jesus, Jesus, what should I do to follow you? And Jesus tells him, go and sell everything and follow me. And he walks away sad. So Jesus tells him, reveals the plan that God has for his life to him. And his answer is, no, thank you, God. I'm okay. And you might think today that it's fine to say, no, thank you, God. I'm okay. Because the next one I will just pick back up. Or, you know, like God will still have a second plan for my life. But you know what's interesting about the story? Is that Jesus doesn't go after this rich young man. Jesus doesn't tell him, hey buddy, come back. Like here's a second option or here's a different path or, or maybe sell 50% of your stuff and then follow me. No, do you know what Jesus does? In Matthew 19 verse 16 to 22, you can go and read the story. Jesus does nothing. The young man goes away and Jesus lets him go. You see, God gives us the choice to consult him. God gives us the choice to owe him and we not not only need to consult God we do not only need to accept that I'm not in control but I also need to make a choice of whether I'm going to follow his plan for my life or whether I'm going to be disobedient and ignore it if you don't want to do it that's fine that's fine you don't have to but we can't expect God to bless our decisions and our plans if we don't want to live his plan for our lives so I want to challenge you for 2021. 
Let's plan. Let's plan hard. Let's plan good. God expects us to plan, but let's plan differently. Don't just go and sit and make a list of pro and cons and figure out what you can do, whether it's financially, whether it's in your family, whether um, it's your future, whatever it might be. Don't just make a list and figure it out all on your own. I want to challenge you to plan, but to plan differently. To plan like people who actually serve a God who's in control. See, often we plan like people who serve the dead God. We think it's all up to us. But guys, it's not all up to us. We serve the living God, a God who was in control, a God who is in control, and a God who will always be in control. That's the living God we serve. That is Jesus Christ. And I want to invite you, if you're a follower of Jesus, to plan like someone who follows Jesus. Plan like someone. Trust that God is in control. Let's say, if God wills it, I will do this. If He called me to something, I'm going to respond in obedience even if it might be a little uncomfortable. And if God hasn't revealed this plan to you, this is my challenge to you. Spend more time. He might be preparing you for something and he might be asking you, spend more time with me. Stick at number one. Seek my will. Consult me. And only then will I reveal something to you. So don't give up. Don't stop planning. But this year, plan in the right way. And if God tells you to do something, don't be afraid to say, yes, God, I'll go. Let's pray. Jesus, 2020 has rocked the boat for most of us. You know how much it has been a challenging year, how much it's put me out of my comfort zone. And I want to plan for a new year and I don't always know where to start. I don't always know where to go. I don't know what this year will hold. But I know that you are already in my future. I know that the future is in your hands. I know that you've got a plan for me, a plan to prosper me, a plan for my good. And I want to line my life up with your plan. And I want to pray, God, today that you would bless every person listening to this message. I pray that you will bless them with the revelation of your will and their, your plan for their lives. And I pray that we would have the boldness and the courage and the obedience to do what you have asked us to do. I pray that we will not sin by disobeying. I pray that we will not sin by ignoring what you've asked us to do. But I pray that we would go, boldly go where you have asked us to go. I also pray, God, that we will stay humble. That we will not believe it's all up to us. But that in this year, that we will spend this year on our knees trusting you. To make the impossible possible. Trusting you for our provision every day. Trusting you for our relationships health. Trusting you for our finances. Trusting you for our spiritual life. Thank you that you are enough. And that in you we have a bright future. Not just on this earth, but also in eternity. We pray it in Jesus name. Amen.